Hello, my name is Joe. I would like to welcome you to today's episode. Uh, man, I just got news that totally shook my foundation sitting here uh, about what I thought I knew. Today we are going to talk about courage. I want to talk to you about what it means to live courageously. And I'd like to talk to you about some things that I think need to happen in our society, uh, maybe in 2019, that I would love for to see for us to band together to do uh, over these next 12 months that I believe will change and move the needle for how our world works. Let's kick it off. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, let's kick it off. Let's talk today about what is courage. What is courage? How is that different than bravery? One of the things that that we tend to do today is we use a lot of words interchangeably that originally were not interchanged. Uh, they were not interchangeably used. They were synonyms, which meant they meant similar things. And of course, language is a living thing. It evolves, it grows, it moves. And I would uh, encourage you to stop. And, and you know certainly we can still use them interchangeably, but think about the origins of the words that we use. Think about what that might mean for your life today, what that might mean for how you move forward into being the person that you want to be, how you move forward into being the parent you want to be, the spouse you want to be, the lover you want to be, the friend that you want to be, the child that you want to be. Uh, Whatever it is that you want to do with your life, it will require courage. Brene Brown gives us a wonderful definition, uh, both in her TED Talk and in one of her books. Uh, I believe it was, thought it was just me, is the book. Uh, I've read almost all. I've not read her latest book yet, but I've read almost all of them. I liked all of them with the one caveat of rising strong. I don't feel that she does a very good job dealing with evil when she says that everyone's doing the best that they can, including rapists. I just think she's wrong. I don't think that's accurate. I think she has to account for evil in our world. And I think that is something that our world is not doing a good job of accounting for. It is something that our world is not doing a good job of, of assimilating into how we view human behavior and human dynamics. Uh, it takes courage to speak out. If you're in the mental health field and you dare say Brene Brown wrote something I don't like, People get really upset, so it takes a little bit of courage to do that. All right, let me read you the quote. Courage is a heart word. The root of the word courage is core, the Latin word for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the word courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Over time, this definition has changed, and today we typically associate courage with heroic and brave deeds. But in my opinion, this is Brene Brown's opinion, this definition fails to recognize the inner strength and level of commitment required for us to actually speak honestly and openly about who we are and about our experiences, good and bad. Speaking from our hearts is what I think of as ordinary courage, quote, end quote, for that word, those words, ordinary courage. So Brene introduces us to the idea that courage is about having heart to speak out 
about who we are, speak honestly and openly about who we are, and about our experiences. And there is no time in history uh, where that is, well, that's probably an overstatement, but you are not allowed to speak out about who you are. If you think, I had an interesting conversation this week, conversation have to be in air quotes because it was on Facebook, about the dangers of early childhood schooling. And some people who put their kids in early childhood schooling got really upset. And one of them was like, well, I feel like this is judgy. Well, how is it judgy? Because I put up an article and, and I look, one of my kids went to early childhood schooling. And now I know more than I did then. But we're not allowed to say anything. I, I had a friend who, who uh, is very against something that my wife and I do with all of our kids or, or did with all of our kids. And uh, we still do with our youngest um, we are adamant co-sleepers and they're like, but I don't want you to feel like I'm judging. I'm like, I don't care. You can judge me. I don't care. I'm doing what I believe based on my own convictions. Convictions come out of courage. So if we are going to be people who will move the needle in the world, we have to be people of courage, of what Brene calls ordinary courage. And in that ordinary courage, we have to live out of our convictions. We have to know what our convictions are. We have to live out of them. That doesn't mean that we need to physically intervene on someone else who doesn't share our convictions. And I think this is where we get sideways. We're not allowed to say anything's wrong anymore. We're not allowed to say anything's right. We're not allowed to say anything's best. Because the minute we do, we're judgy or we're haters. That is backwards. It's just backwards. We're allowed to say certain things are wrong. We're allowed to have convictions or we as a society will perish. And that is not an overstatement. We have lost the place in society. Maybe we never had it. I don't know. But in today's society, if you tell someone, I think what you're doing is wrong, we as a society tend to react like we're, we're, we're totally rejecting them. We're removing them from, like you're judging their whole person. I, I have a friend who had an adult son living with them. And I was like, and they're like, well, he's not doing this thing. and He's not doing nothing. I'm like, well, tell him. Well, we don't want to judge him. You are judging him. You need to have the courage to stand by your convictions and tell your adult son, it's time to pay rent, buddy. It's time to grow up. It's time to stop being a little boy. You can have expectations on people when you can have convictions. But in order to have expectations and convictions, you have to have courage to tell your story and to tell the story of your people. One of the things that I think runs us into trouble is that we think Equality is sameness. So we don't tell the story of our own tribe, of our own families, of our own heritage. I have experiences with my mom that are not the same experiences that you have. They might be similar. They might be different uh, completely where, where there's nothing similar to them. But together, as we come together in a relationship, if we tell those stories, we are improving each other. Even if it's something that, like, you, let's just say you had a parent that beat you. And you tell me about that, and we talk about it. At the very least, you're, you are expressing vulnerability. And if I'm doing it right, I'm expressing empathy. And we're living together, processing our stories and how we want to tell the stories of our families. 
right? My children and I and my wife and I, we have a different experience than you do. We have different things that matter to us. We have different routines, different habits that we have purposely built into our family. And maybe you don't have them. And after you hear about them, you're like, oh, maybe we should do that. Something like that, right? You can do the same thing and the expression would look differently. One of the things I always tell people is healthy couples don't all look alike. In other words, the expression of healthiness in my family, my wife and I, my children and I, is going to look different than the expression of healthiness in your family. But there's going to be key principles that are the same. But that takes courage. We live in a society where it seems to me that we look for the points of disagreement more than we look for the points of agreement. You can see this in Facebook. You can see this when people talk about their families. You can see this when people talk about what they do with their marriage, what they do, whether or not they uh, believe something is right or wrong. We look for the points of disagreement more than we look for the points of agreement. And in order to stand against that, we have to have courage. We have to have the ability to say, no, no, this is what I do because that takes risk. And so when I say, hey, my wife and I believe that dates are vitally important for healthy couples. So we work them into our relationship. That takes courage because you know what I invariably hear? Well, my wife and I would go on more dates if we had more money or more time. Or, or I love it when I hear that about reading because I read a lot and I tell people that I think reading is important. It's, it's good for development. Even if you don't like to read, forcing yourself to read a little bit each day is really good for you. Oh, well, I'd read more if I had more time. I always want to say, yeah, I just sit around, you know, eating bonbons dipped in chocolate and I don't really have anything to do. So I just grab a book and read. That, that would be passive aggressive sarcasm. So I can't do that. But in order to tell somebody, I think this is the best. I think this is a good idea. I think this is better. That takes courage because in our society, if you think, if you think something's better, people take that personal. They just do. If you really want to have courage, Tell somebody you think something is wrong. Now, this, this is such a hot-button issue in our society. Uh, recently, I ran into a guy at the gym who was talking about a mutual friend of ours and about some things that he was doing. He's like, you know, it seems to me that he's blowing up his life, but it's not for me to tell him that he's wrong. Well, are you allowed to tell him that what you think he's doing is wrong? No, 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 I would never do that. Because it, it requires courage for both people. One, it requires courage from the person who's telling the other person that, hey, I think this is wrong. That requires courage because we have fear because we all have a thousand stories about times that we've said that and it's gone badly. But then the reason it goes badly is because the listener needs courage. They need courage to hear what's being said and to differentiate what's being said about what they're doing from who they are. And we do not do that well in our society. If I say to people, well, we don't let our kids play more than one sport. Well, why not? You know, well, because I think it's wrong. Then you really want to watch people fly off the handle. I think people get too mad at referees and their kids in high school sports and elementary sports and middle school sports. Wow. Screaming and hollering. We do not. It's actually kind of funny. It takes courage on both people's part to say what needs to be said and to listen. One of the things that I hope we can cultivate as a society in 2019, and by that I mean it starts with you and I, my friend. I hope that we can cultivate courage to say things that need to be said and courage to hear the things that need to be said, even if we feel bad. Even if we feel bad. 
It takes courage to wade into our feelings of uncomfortableness. What one author once called the dark emotions. It takes courage to wade into them, to to reach into them and realize these are just feelings that I don't have to live out of. I can look for the truth. I can appreciate the truth. I can embrace the truth in these words that are being shared with me. I get it. There are people that talk to you and they share stuff with you and they have no relationship. They have no basis. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people that we know we have relationships that are shallow because it requires courage to have deep conversations because in every or deep relationships because in every relationship that is deep there is at some point where there is going to be some pain at the very very best the pain's going to come when the relationship ends somebody moves away somebody dies but most of the time there's going to be interpersonal pain before that moment here's the summation of this portion at least of what I'm trying to say your life requires courage to live and I'm not talking about just going to work coming home taking the kids to school doing all of those things it requires courage if you're single I know a lot of single ladies it requires courage to tell a dude you know what you're not healthy and you're not good for me our relationship isn't healthy. We need to break up. That takes courage because what she's saying is, is I want to be healthy more than I want to be with you. And not surprisingly, people don't like that. And that is true both ways. I, there are guys that that's true of. That they need to say that to their girlfriend. Hey, we're not healthy. There are couples that are not healthy, but they got the whole world faked. Is that is that a word? Is that how you say that? They've got the whole world fooled, faked? I don't know. Uh, but 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 they've got that everybody around them is faked, faked out, maybe that everyone around them is fooled. They think everything's together and to say, hey, we need help takes courage. I watch it in my counseling room. People walk in, they want help, they're paying for help, and then they sit there and they they lie. They they can they push stuff up, they don't want to engage in the painful parts of counseling, so they lie. Now, Joe, that sounds kind of harsh. Yeah, I guess maybe it... uh, No, it isn't, because it's truth. Right? Sometimes they just avoid it, but a lot of times they'll just lie because that's safer. That requires less energy to deal with the pain. And they have to engage the pain in order to be healthy. But in order to engage the pain, they have to tell their own story. But to tell their own story, they have to engage the pain. And that whole cycle just spins. Okay, so what does this mean for us? Like like hands on, what does it mean for you? What does it mean for me? I think there are some things we have to accept. First of all, in order to be, and I just wrote a short list, this list could go on forever. In order to be healthy, in order to heal, in order to make a difference in the world, in order to deal with the story in my own head, in order to have truly deep relationships, in order to age. Think about how many people, they just look foolish Because they don't age well. And I don't mean physically. I mean in how they handle it. In order to be a parent, in order to admit you were wrong, failed, anything like that, etc., you have to have courage. Courage comes at the... Healthy comes at the other side of courage. Healing comes at the other side of courage. Making a difference in this world comes at the other side of courage many, many times. Dealing with the story in your own head. There are so many things I wish I could share on this. We just don't have time. But how often do our children, do our parents, 
Do the people around us have a story in their head that is just destroying them? In order to deal with it, in order to act against it, it requires courage. What's the story in your head that you have to have courage to overcome? Did you have a classmate in elementary school that destroyed your self-view, that just blew it up? There is an enduring memory I have from second grade. I went to a private school. I had to wear a uniform. You could, you know, you had to buy the uniform from the school, all that business. And I, my nose was running. I had bad allergies, bad sinuses. I don't know, cold. I don't really know. I just know my nose. I feel like most of my memories around that age, my nose was running or stuffed up. And so I had, this is gross. I'm warning you ahead of time. I had snot crusted on my sleeve and my zipper was down. I didn't know my zipper was down. And this uh, student, this older student that I just looked up to laughed at me. Telling you that story, I can hear it. And it runs in my head when I pick out my clothes. It runs in my head when I walk down the street. If I don't combat that story, it runs. It runs all the time. And it takes courage to push it back because it'll come back, right? It takes courage to say, no, that isn't reality. That was second grade. Or like I talked to people one time or a person one time who all of his friends in college, he was just like, look, I'm done binge drinking. And they all left him. And he was like, it has to be my fault. That's from the story in his head. And it takes courage to push back on that. Whatever you do in life that you want to accomplish, it's going to take courage because there is a story just battling in your head. If you're going to have a truly deep relationship, if you're going to age, I cannot tell you how many people talk to me in counseling about how their parents blew their life up because as their parents aged, they lacked the courage to face it. It will take courage for us to face our end days. It will. We'll know mortality. We, we all know mortality is there. I think the older you get, certainly I recognize it more and more with each decade that I spend on this earth, but I don't have any idea what it'll be like to be literally imminently facing it, knowing that it's coming. Even if I'm healthy, I've got X amount of years. I was talking to an elderly gentleman one time who was telling me about it. He's like, the, when you realize that death, no matter what is right around the corner, it creates a lot of stress. And I, I can only imagine that it does because it takes courage to live your life. It takes courage to say, I don't know how to do this. It takes courage to tell the truth about your life and about who you are. Okay, so some things that we can cultivate that will help us have more courage. First of all, we have to accept what is. We have to, I've talked about this before, we have to brutally accept what is going on in your life. If you are a young mom with three or four kids or two kids or one kid and you don't think you can make it, it's okay to say that out loud. You will make it. Probably not with a house as clean as you would like or as much sleep as you would like or as stain-free clothes as you would like, but you will make it. If you are a dad and you don't know how to do the dad thing, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was telling me about how her husband had a panic attack when their first child was born. And I remember when my children were born with all of them except my youngest, I think because I was a little bit older in life at that time, I had to go for a walk after the baby was, was here and, and everybody was safe. I had to go for a walk because I wasn't sure I knew how to do the dad thing. And then I had three girls. And I remember when we realized that my, our youngest was going to be a boy, I was terrified because I knew what to do with girls. In fact, I told my wife, I'm like, I know what to do with girls. I have no idea what to do with boys, which sounds kind of dumb because I'm a boy, but it's truth. 
And so we're going to have to brutally accept what is and admit it often out loud. I am struggling. Here's something. We're so hell-bent on on shaping our own self-esteem that we don't admit our own areas for growth. One of the best gifts that marriage taught me was, by nature, I'm selfish. But man, if you say that out loud, people are like, well, I'm not selfish. Okay, maybe you're not. I don't know. I've got to be honest. I think most people are by nature. You could probably talk about it's hardwired into how we come out, but that's a whole other discussion. And so it takes courage to say, I have this flaw. I need help. I don't know how to do this. I'm scared. And I hope that we can cultivate that by brutally accepting what is. And then, of course, if you've heard this before, after brutally accepting what is, is we have to, we have to be, we can be wildly optimistic about what could be. But how does that help us cultivate courage? Well, we have to pick courageous things. You know, you help somebody who's afraid of the dark, you put them in darkening situations. You help someone who's afraid of heights, you get them to go high. You have someone who's afraid of scorpions, I'm looking at you, Rick. You make, you make them buy fake scorpions and put them around their house. I'm kidding a little bit on that one. A friend of mine put up on Facebook this morning that he has an irrational fear of scorpions. How do you embrace courage? You know one of the things we have to do? We have to cultivate courage in how we tell the story of our political landscape. Because it takes no courage to attack other people. It takes no courage to use, an- to use another person's poor behavior to excuse my own. It takes real courage to say, these are my standards and I'm going to live by these in order to be who I believe I am and tell the story of who I am regardless of the base behaviors that my opponent or the people that I don't support engage in. In other words, if you support Trump, you cannot use the congressman from uh, Michigan who dropped the MF bomb as an excuse for poor behavior. That takes no courage. You cannot, if you do not support Trump, you cannot use his behavior to excuse your own poor behavior or to excuse her dropping the MF bomb. That's not courage. If you think it's wrong for one, it needs to be wrong for both. Have a higher standard, and that takes courage. So after we brutally accept what is, part of being wildly optimistic about it can be, what are the standards we're going to live by? How are you going to cultivate a close circle of friends? You might say, but Joe, I've tried to have a close circle of friends before and it's blown up on me. They haven't engaged me. That's why it's called courage. Because you're going to have to engage it. You're going to have to go back into it. You're going to have to uh, ask them. Maybe not them, ask somebody else. Hey, let's be friends. You're going to have to work at cultivating another friendship. One of the reasons we struggle with, with courage is because we don't want pain and relationships require pain because people come and go for different seasons of your life. Uh, Henry Cloud talks about n- endings being natural. We need, to, we need to cultivate natural endings in our world, but that takes courage. So I have friends, uh, when I lived in Maryland, there's two guys that were really close friends uh, of mine. I, I miss them. We, in fact, we don't agree on a whole lot. One is a Patriots fan uh, or a Red Sox fan and an Eagles fan. That actually seems a little backwards. How can you be a Patriots fan and a Red Sox fan or an Eagles fan and a Red Sox fan? Shouldn't you be Patriots and Eagles? Right. The other one, we don't share a whole lot of political beliefs, but they were great guys. They were they were we, they were good friends. We would get wings 
We would talk. Uh, none of us had kids when we met. One of them adopted a boy from Guatemala, uh, and then kids started coming. What do we do with those friendships? Because now I don't have that friendship. One guy moved to Virginia. I moved to Michigan. The other guy still lives in Maryland. That's painful. It's a loss. It takes courage to re-engage that friendship process, to cultivate it. Maybe you need courage to just say, hey, this happened to me when I was a kid. Cultivate that by telling the people closest to you. Cultivate that not by making it your identity, not by just bleeding on people that are all around you. Maybe you need the courage. Maybe you need to find the way in 2019 to cultivate the courage to just say, this was my life. Or you know what? Maybe you can say, I was wrong. Maybe you need to cultivate that. I talk to people all the time. They're like, man, my spouse, my dad, my mom, uh, they're never wrong. And it's really hard to talk to them. It's hard to be around them. It's hard to disagree with them. Because relationships are the free exchange of ideas. At least that's part of it. Maybe you need courage to just live. To just go do something. Well, I could get hurt. Yeah, you could. Are you taking proper precautions? Right? Well, I could. Yes, you could. One of the things that I hope my kids learn is that they're not so afraid of dying that they never truly live. But even as I say that, that terrifies me. Especially as they age. Like right now, I have, I have you know, a lot of, of influence on, on how their life goes. Not as much as I would like, quite frankly, but I have a lot. Well, what happens if when they turn 19, they want to move to some city in another country 10 hours away? That'll be really hard. It will require courage to tell that story. Here's what I hope. I hope that we can cultivate courage so that Trump supporters... Republican supporters, Democratic supporters, Libertarian supporters, people who go to church, people who don't go to church, people who believe that fill-in-the-blank is wrong, people who believe that fill-in-the-blank isn't wrong, can come together and have conversations about it, can embrace this thing called life. I hope and I pray that we can cultivate the courage to tell the story of our lives. So many parents are suppressing their children's growth. And I'm talking, I mean, from little kids all the way up because they lack the courage to let their kids be their own being. Joe, what does that mean? That's a great question. Well, my son's going to play football because I want him to. Well, what if he doesn't want to? What does he know at seven? That he doesn't want to play football. Well, I'm going to make him play. Okay. I'm going to make my kids go to this school. Okay. Are you going to let your children fail? Yeah, that's why I'm going to make them play football. Sorry, I had to do that just because I thought it was funny. But are you going to let your children fail? How many of us that we don't, we, we so desperately don't want our kids to feel pain that we remove the opportunity for failure from their lives? And here's the problem with that. Almost everything that we want our children to grow into as adults is on the other side of failure. Because failure is an exacting teacher. Or at least the risk of failure. They don't necessarily have to fail, but they have to truly risk it. And that takes courage to let them tell that story. We brutally accept what is. We can be wildly optimistic about what could be. But then we have to do things that are courageous. When I I teach this principle in in a conference or, or in a counseling session... 
That third step is ruthlessly accountable. I've talked about it before. In this case, we have to be ruthlessly accountable to the idea that we have to do things that require courage. Yesterday, I was I was audio recording the first part of this, and yesterday was a long day. And, and someone walked in to where I do the recording, and we were talking about the recording, and she was telling me how she had received advice to make her adult children pay rent. Right? They're living at home, and she was talking to, to someone, and, and, and that person told her, just make them pay rent. And one of the things that, that was, I guess, I'm guessing a couple months ago, uh, because one of the things that she talked about was her friend's children are noticing a difference in her son. And they're like, wow, he's actually different, and these things have changed about him. And, he's and certainly some of that's just growth. And she said, I think it's because I started to charge him rent. Because it takes courage to put expectations on people. In fact, we, are, we have so abandoned this idea that we have mental health experts say stupid things like, well, every expectation is a setup for pain. Every time you get in a car, you have expectations. Every single time. You expect the other people in the other cars to stay in their lane, to follow the speed limit roughly, and to not hit you. Every time you go to the grocery store, you have expectations. That's why you get in line. Every time you cook, you have expectations. Seriously, you turn on your stove, you expect it to work. The idea that we should abandon expectations on the people around us is not only wrong, it's cowardly. Embrace expectations. And then have an expectation that not, an expectation that not all of your expectations will get meet, and it will require courage to re-engage the relationship process. All right, I hope that this is a helpful episode. I hope we're, we've gone a little long, I know that, but I hope that you have the courage, that you find the courage to tell the story of who you are, to live out who you are. What are your dreams? One of the things that I hate, I, I despise this question when people are like, if you couldn't fail, what would you do? That's stupid because that's like saying, if you lived on Neptune, how big a plantation would you have? There's no such thing as can't fail. What if failing didn't matter? That's a much better question to me. What would you do if failing didn't matter? And then what courage is necessary for you to go do that? Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at joemartino.com. You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.